This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Corey Wright. And I'm your sometimes other host, Matt Scalina. And the sun is out, so Matt's guns are out. Matt, <laughs> did you have to stop in to get a permit for those things? Because those were concealed earlier today. Stop, stop. <laughs> it's good to see you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. Like I haven't... Uh... I'm taking a lot of Fridays off. So this is good. This is good. <laughs> oh, the residential realtor life. So on to the podcast today, I'm very excited. We have Marianne Dakotas back, who's now in our William Wright commercial, Kamloops office. Right. She's been with us for uh, over eight years now. She was previously in our Langley office, but Kamloops has always been a second home for, for I think, almost 20 years, she said. And I know, you know, over the years, I would call her and she'd be like, where is she be in Kamloops? So she knows the market inside out. She was the perfect fit when the opportunity came available. So when we decided to go forward and open that office, uh, we contacted her right away to see if we could we could convince her to go up there and work with Jeff Brown, who's our managing director up there, who oversees both Camloops and Kelowna. And she was thrilled the opportunity. There couldn't be someone better to take it. And she's done a phenomenal job up there in a short period of time. And this is worth pointing out, like the office is... So William Wright Commercial Camloops yep. is what? It's a couple months old, two months yeah, old. Yeah, we opened, we officially opened in March. It was, the time was our sixth BC office, which now we have seven with the opening of Central Island that opened last month, which has done tremendous. You haven't been stress. taking many Fridays off. I, I don't have time. <laughs> That's why if you quit your job, I'm going to apply. Um, so yeah, so we had that office open. It's a great market. Uh, we believe in that market. You mean, we talk all about pricing and lease rates and all stuff. And people will find out really, really quickly. There's like almost no delta when it comes to lease rates in certain asset classes, whether it be down here or up there in certain marketplaces. But you can buy the product for half the price. Right, right. And you're getting similar lease numbers. This is, I think, what's so exciting about the approach uh, William Wright's taking around the province is starting in Vancouver and kind of looking for the next big things, right? Like that's what you do in real estate and that's what William Wright has done as a brokerage. So it's exciting that, uh, and we talk about it, from Vancouver to Victoria to Kelowna and now Kamloops. And you're seeing a, a similar run and some of the similar players moving in. 100%. Well, that's one thing too we talk about on the, on the episode there is, is a lot of these large institutional type money now, they're calling and they're like, hey, tell me about Kamloops. Or, hey, we already own this, this, and this there. So that you mean they, it hits the radar. Similar metrics you see in a market like that from uh, an economic standpoint and a population standpoint that you saw in Victoria and Kelowna years and years and years ago. Now, granted, every market is slightly different. You can't just copy and paste and think Kamloops is going to be Kelowna. Right. But the metrics going in with population growth, supply issues, vacancies in certain asset classes are, are minuscule, lease rates, all that stuff, all those metrics are adding up. And fairly attractive yeah. pricing. Fairly attractive pricing. I I think, you I mean, it is right up there with one of your best investment opportunities in the province, that and kind of maybe the Central Island area right now, where they haven't had the explosion yet that you saw in Victoria and Kelowna. But now when you look at Kelowna pricing, pricing for Kelowna is so expensive. Similar to how people in Vancouver get priced out, they would maybe go to Coquitlam or even Abbotsford area. People up there, you can't really, if you live in Kelowna and you're priced out, you know, West Kelowna is probably not an option for you. West Kelowna is probably not an option for you. You know, Peachland's probably not an option for you anymore. Summerland's not an option for you anymore. Vernon, Lake Country, all these areas are so expensive now that, that they're probably not options. That your next best affordable option is Kamloops. And when we talk about affordability, it's not cheap like it once was. Mm-hmm. I think at one point in time, correct me if I'm wrong, you might know these stats better than I do. At one point in time, they had the largest percentage increase on housing over the past couple of years, one one of the quarters I was reading there during this during the pandemic, where it had the housing price that had almost gone up like forty percent in Kamloops, right, right. So a secondary market, probably not even a secondary market, tertiary market, to see that type of growth in a short period of time like that, 
was just unbelievable. And we talk about when Marianne moved up there about trying to find a place to rent a one or two bedroom and the pricing for basement right. suites. The, the thing that I've been surprised by, and it seems like we've talked a lot about over the last couple of months is over COVID markets like Kamloops, a lot of the suburban markets, the secondary markets, the tertiary markets exploded. Right. And it was always like, okay, but we're going to come back. We're going to, we're going to go back to normal 2019 normal. And it has become increasingly clear that the new normal is actually here to stay. Like yeah. people are in a lot of cases deciding to live where they want to live for lifestyle or for affordability or yeah. whatever. And they can, they can still work and, and, and that's doesn't and, seem to be going away. And one thing I think is going to happen and we've seen it happen. I think it's going to continue to happen is employers are going to follow these trends. So maybe I don't need 50,000 square feet in Vancouver anymore. Maybe I need a 20,000 square foot office in Vancouver and I've got an office now, a smaller office in Surrey and I got a smaller office in Cologne and a smaller office in Kamloops where I'm I'm giving my staff the ability to live where they want to live. We're supplying, you mean the ability for them to work in these markets by having small hub and spoke model for offices. But I think employers are going to continue to have to go down that road and we're seeing it already in markets like you know, Cologne and Kamloops where now people can go there into more affordable markets, get more for their money, raise their families, but also live and work in these communities. Well, you're getting me excited, Corey. Why don't we uh, cut to our talk with Marianne Dakotas uh, and hear more about Kamloops as a real estate opportunity. Enjoy, guys. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial. John, Allen, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. We are here with Marianne Dakota, Senior Broker at William Wright Commercial. Kamloops, how you doing, Marianne? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. But past guest fan favorite, I should say. That was, that was a while ago, though. Yeah, no, we had her on before and uh, thrilled to have her back again now to talk everything Kamloops. So, so Marianne, maybe starting for people who didn't hear you last time you were on the show, can you start by telling uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. I am from originally uh, the, the Langley office, and I've been working with Corey and William Wright uh, for the last eight years. And when Corey wanted to open up an office in Kamloops, he gave me the opportunity to move to Kamloops. I was excited because I think it's a growing community. And it's also been my second home for the last 20 years as my mom and my brother and my sister have their families up there. And yeah, I've been up there since March and we're making some really good headway and I'm really excited what the future holds up there. Well, Marianne, one reason why we, I wanted to have you come on today is to sort of tell us all about the exciting market of Kamloops. Like we're thrilled. Kamloops was our six office at the time we opened it and we had plans to go there probably about two years ago we started setting out the plans and uh, we had we had brian pilby on from the delta hotel and uh invictus uh developments up there right on a pre on a mm -hmm. previous episode which was great to have him on and he was he's been so great to us up there and sort of you know explored a lot and told us a lot about the area and uh, we look at it from our standpoint big fish small pond type scenario where it is a market of just over a hundred thousand and marianne will get into that but lease rates asset classes, high, high demand there. And there's we're the only commercial real estate brokerage that uh, that calls Kamloops home. So we're, we're in the fabric of the community there. And you know, I we wanted to bring Marianne to tell us all about it because she's had some great listings. She works up there with, with Jeff Brown, who we've had on before, who's our managing director of uh, the BC Interior and oversees Kamloops and Kelowna and some great shopping centers they have coming online, all of that stuff. So, so we wanted to have her on today to sort of uh, unpack why we think Kamloops is such an extraordinary opportunity, not just for tenants, but also investors. Well, and, and Marianne, maybe along those lines, like what's going on? So it's a smaller community uh, and yet there's so much demand. Is it, just, is it just population growth? What's going on in Kamloops that's so exciting? Well, it's a couple things. Definitely population growth adds to it, but there's a lot of really high profile industries like the Thompson Rivers University 
There's also mining. Um, and I know that firsthand because my brother-in-law works in, at the mine. And uh, we also have the tournament capital of BC. So that drives, you know, major tourism into the city. It's a hub for, you know, CN rail and the rail lines. It's a great distribution hub in Kamloops. And of course, just the proximity to, you know, Revelstoke out to Calgary, Prince George, and then of course, Kelowna and Vernon. It's it's right in the middle of, of the Okanagan. So it's very easy for, you know, transportation as well. Well, this is one thing too that that Marianne, if you're if you're okay if I'm I'm I touch on this. When Marianne was was making the reposition there to go help Jeff Brown and and, and operate that office for us, we were trying to find a place for her to stay. Uh-huh. And when we talk about multifamily, we talk about rental markets. This is just goes to show you a little bit how much demand is in Camus. Marianne, when we're looking for a one bedroom place, how much does a one bedroom place go for in Camus? Oh gosh. Well, I got offered a basement suite uh, for $1,700. I saw oh, wait, Sorry, a one bedroom basement suite? Matt's jaw just dropped when you said that. <laughs> this, this is why we wanted to have Mary on because I don't think a lot of people understand the metrics that Kamloops offers. Right. So continue. So $1,700 yeah. for a basement suite in Kamloops. For a basement suite. Yeah. And then I was looking, I had, um, there was a downtown option, which I thought, you know, I'm moving up to this city. I want to be downtown where all the action is. Well, the only option available was a two bedroom, one bathroom with a green bathtub. And it had, and it was uh, $1,900 a month. And so I was just really surprised. So we're really seeing, you know, Burnaby rental rates in Kamloops, which, you know, well, maybe we'll touch on this later, but when you're looking at multifamily buildings, you're paying a lot less in Kamloops for the similar unit size, um, say in Burnaby, and you're getting relatively the same rental rates. And that's consistent across a lot of the commercial asset classes. And this is the opportunity that exists in Kamloops. And one reason why, uh, from a brokerage standpoint, we wanted to open now. Because, I mean, we've watched markets like Kelowna take off. We've watched markets like Victoria take off. If you go back years ago, we were waving the Victoria flag saying, hey, right. once the world wakes up to this, look out. And, and very, very, you know, just making numbers really, really simple. You go back maybe five plus years ago now, maybe it's a little bit longer, I could be wrong. But you would look at a multifamily building in Vancouver and you'd be around like a three cap with probably a one and a half percent vacancy rate. Right. You go to Victoria and you'd find a multifamily building at a five and a half cap with a one and a half percent vacancy rate. And I'm sitting there thinking like, man, when the world wakes up, says, look out. Fast forward five, six years down the road, vacancy rate is probably equal to, if not worse in Victoria, it's an island, remember, right? Then it is over here, institutions, REITs, just literally bought up the whole island. The whole greater Victoria and are, area. And are the cap, not to cap talk rates are three percent so, now. So now Victoria cap rates are down. What, yeah. And so the opportunity where my understanding is Kamloops, what's yeah. the cap rate there right now? And well, yeah. So I pulled an example of uh, two buildings that have sold. One is in Burnaby, and then the other one is in Kamloops. So uh, they sold around the same time last year. The Kamloops building is fifty three units. It was built in 2014. It sold at a 4.47 cap rate uh, with a sale price of 11250000 versus the 41 units in Burnaby, a 1970s build. It sold for $11,250,000 and it sold at a 2.5 cap rate. So take your pick. <laughs> yeah. And, this and, is, and the exactly. vacancy rate in Kamloops, it sounds like, at least for you, Marianne, it was super challenging to find the place. Yeah, it's it. The vacancy rate is is basically less than zero. I mean, and, you have to apply a vacancy rate, but it's <laughs> the reality is is there's it's very very uh, low. So here's here's one thing too that we wanted to highlight that me and Marianne were talking about before we get into kind of the population and stuff there. So th- there was an example we were talking about, and it was a it was uh, industrial buildings. I think it was like the Cloverdale area, and I think it was around eighty eight hundred square feet between the two buildings and they were asking around like five, five and Marianne, just, just for our listeners sake, what type of lease would I what type of lease rate would I get for maybe Alder Grove or Cloverdale industrial? I would probably say around 18 to $20, right 18 now? to 20 bucks. So now yeah. if I take that same example and I go to a market like 
Kelowna. For two and a half million, I can buy 12,000 square feet. So we're talking about, I mean, a good 25% greater square footage for more than half the price off. And Marianne, what, are, what would my lease rates for, for that maybe industrial in Kelowna be, give or take? In Kelowna or Kamloops? I uh, say Kelowna, just greater Kelowna, Kelowna area. Well, I mean, that's a good question for Jeff, but I would say they're about the same. <laughs> so there you go. So 18 bucks. Yeah. So I can buy yeah. something down here for five and a half million for 8,800 square feet and get $18 a foot for it. Mm. Or mm. I could go to Kelowna and buy something for two and a half million for 12,000 square feet, 25% more for less than half the price and get yeah. the same lease rate. Now, Kelowna obviously has had a great run ahead of it. Like that, there's been, there's a great, sorry, it's been on a great run for quite some time. Right. Kamloops hasn't yet had that pop that we've seen in Kelowna and we've seen in Victoria. But the metrics are very similar to what transpired there, within reason, to what mm-hmm. transpired there that hasn't yet taken off. So Marianne, let's, maybe we'll, we'll, we're probably supposed to start with this, but can you maybe let the listeners know from a population standpoint, how big is Kamloops? Uh, the last, Check it was a hundred and four thousand. Hundred and four thousand people. Yeah. There. Yeah. And then it's obviously population growth is strong in that region, I'm guessing. Yeah, it looked like it was about an eight eight point four percent over the last five years, which is higher than the national I average. I was gonna say I think, I think Kamloops, uh I was just looking at fastest growing communities in, in Canada, and I think Kamloops was on the list. And when you look at it from so Marianne, for, for if I'm looking as an investor and I'm looking, I come to you and I say, Hey, I got a million dollars to buy or $2 million to buy. What asset class is is the most appealing and why? Well, I would definitely say industrial. Uh, smaller Bay Industrial seems to be a very in-demand commodity right now. Uh, there's very little inventory for that. And But if you have you know that, that budget, that's probably what I would look for for you. Excuse me. And and there's like nothing like here's here's the reality. Go find fifteen hundred square feet or two thousand square feet of strata warehouse that you can buy in an, an industrial area in Kamloops. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really exist. So, so this is what I was just going to say. Is this uh, and for Corey or Marianne? Is this because we've talked a lot about industrial kind of across the province? Is this a specific to Kamloops or is that? Is that what you buy anywhere, Marianne, or is that this is a, more this like Kamloops. this is more Kamloops driven because the the market doesn't exist. And I'll tell you a story that I'm not going to use names that I had met with a developer in Victoria probably I want to say maybe five years ago, and uh, they had just built a beautiful beautiful building, and there was give or take twelve thousand square feet of retail, and they had carved it up into three units. I think one was like eight thousand square feet. One was 5,000 square feet and one was like 2,500. Maybe it was more than 12, maybe like 14,000 square feet of retail. And I remember asking the developer, I'm like, why wouldn't you make these like 12, 1,500 square feet and then sell them to investors or end users? And he looked at me after rolling his eyes and he's like, the answer pretty much was, who's going to buy them? I left that meeting and I, I, I wrote on, I made a pack that we we're going to buy every single <laughs> retail lot we could find in that same area. And we were successful getting a lot of them. At are probably give or take 400, 450 bucks a foot. And the market woke up and then all of a sudden the, the buyer pool changes, the investor pool changes, and the price is literally almost doubled in that same period on these units because the local developer didn't realize the wave that was coming to him mm-hmm. and maybe hadn't lived through what we had over here. That same stuff is happening on a micro level in Kamloops where you can't find 1,500 square feet of industrial. Now, granted, yes, there is that product, but it's so little, you can't find it. Right. And the strata boom hadn't really taken off there just yet. So there's not a lot of that product that exists in that marketplace. I've seen two different landlords, um, future projections for their totally separate buildings. And they're both at $18 a square foot. And right now their tenants are paying 15 so they're even projecting that, you know, in a year or two, that's where they're going to be renewing them. And there was a listing that was listed by another brokerage down here, but was listed up there. And I want to say, I, and maybe my math is off slightly here, but it was about a 30,000 square foot industrial building in the great Lorval Crescent area, which Marianne can talk mm-hmm. a little bit about. 
mm-hmm. the tenant was paying, I think around like either seven or eight dollars a foot. The market in the area was probably 14 to 15 for this older building. Yeah. I want to say it was listed at five four, and I believe they had six offers on it and it sold well over asking price. And it's just that's the market demand that Camlet yeah. has. And when you talk about for lease sure. rates, like Marianne said, we talked earlier about $18 a foot, maybe Alder right. Grove. Mm-hmm. $18 a foot in Kamloops. Yeah, that's There's where no they're heading. Delta. Yeah. And, and Marianne, how, how is the market right now? Because obviously we've been talking about, it sounds like there's a lack of inventory. Is that kind of always the case? Is it, is it this year specifically? What's going on in Kamloops? How are you finding it? Well, so I, I definitely am encountering sellers with, you know, 2021 prices. and you know, it's hard to get them excited about selling their property now, especially because they we just went on such a big run. Right. So I have a lot of potential sellers that are in wait and see mode and, you know, their buildings have pretty much quadrupled in value. So there's actually no immediate need for them to sell. So it's, it also dries up the in- inventory. Leasing is going wild. We took over the Brock Shopping Center when I got up there in March and we had about 18,000 square feet of gross uh, leasable space and we filled about six, no, about 16,500 of that up already. So one is just under contract. It hasn't firmed up yet, but it's all heading in the right direction. So that was really exciting. So leasing is definitely picked up. I have uh, tenant mandates you know, piling up and also buyer mandates piling up. So yeah, just watching the market, seeing what comes out and also trying to extract, you know, sellers directly to, you know, get my clients the asset classes that they're looking for. And Marianne, just for somebody, I mean, a lot of people that listen to to the show think about Vancouver as being highly constrained in terms of supply. And that's kind of across asset classes. I would say Victoria is the same. Uh, is is somebody that doesn't know that much about Kamloops? Is it? Can you build out? Are they developing like crazy? Is there? Is it as supply constrained? Can you just talk a little bit about those dynamics? Sure. Yeah. So we are getting a bunch of new developments happening, which is really exciting to see. So uh, Kelson Group, who is a large developer and property owner um, in Kamloops, is building four hundred and thirty-five condos right downtown. Um, so that will really help with you know, housing the people that are moving, wanting to move to Kamloops. Mm-hmm. Um, they are also adopting in the North Shore of Kamloops that I think it's a particular um, dimension. I believe it's 120 feet wide. I'd have to double check on that, but can be automatically zoned fourplex. It's a lot easier to get a, a, a fourplex zoned um, lot on the North Shore. And then, of course, the revitalization of the North Shore um, they're building a lot of new developments along the Tranquil and Fortune Road corridor. And so that's really exciting. And uh, sorry, what was the rest of the question? <laughs> well, mainly mainly just about uh, the supply constraints and and whether it's kind of in, an intractable problem in Kamloops the way it is in, in the lower mainland or say Victoria. Yeah. So I basically, I mean, yes, yes, we do. If we look on the MLS, if somebody wants a specific property, when we look on the MLS, it's not there. But I really take the approach that if you come to me and you tell me what you want, what your time frame is, and you know what you're looking for, I'm not just sitting and waiting for these types of properties to come onto the market. I'm, you know, working the phones, you know, trying to get these types of properties for my clients that are are needing something specific. So I'm having some luck with that and yeah you give me your mandate and I'll do my job in trying to find try to find that that property for you and the biggest thing in these secondary and tertiary markets is you go pull titles in a market like Kamloops for example you might find 90% of those titles have a Kamloops address attached to them because people buy what they know they buy sure. it in their own marketplace mm-hmm. and having the boots on the ground in the community working with the local groups knowing who's who in those markets is how this product will get sold. It's not, typically isn't going to end up on an MLS system. It's going to be somebody who's got roots in the community that knows who's who, can pick up the yeah. phone, make those calls. 
That's where the transactions are. And right now, from a demand standpoint, we saw this when we announced we had opened in Kamloops. We were inundated, flooded from investors, developers, asset management companies, REITs that were calling like, we need to talk to you. So Marianne, can you just, for the listeners, explain a little bit how commercial has traditionally happened in, in Kamloops? So is it is it mainly brokers parachuting in from outside and, and trying to put a deal together? Or is it residential realtors trying to don the commercial hat without knowing exactly what they're doing? Like, what, what's been traditionally uh, the way that commercial real estates work there? Yeah, I would say yes to both. Um, we do see a lot of residential realtors wearing the hat of a commercial broker. And, you know, we don't uh, recommend that so much because they have training in, you know, residential and they know that very, very well. So, you know, in the commercial aspect of it, you know, we're looking at a lot of different aspects of of that purchase. So, you know, we're looking at environmental reports, we're looking at different financing structures, we're looking at, you know, different ways of underwriting different types of buildings and, you know, zoning and official community plans. We want to make sure, you know, we're checking all of those facets for our buyers and sellers. There's an example of, you know, a residential realtor listing a large parcel of land and didn't check the OCP and somebody bought it right away. And under the OCP, it's zoned, you know, high density multifamily. So, you know, that seller unfortunately hired the wrong residential realtor and they didn't check something so simple and it cost the seller a lot of money. And here's one thing that that we we see quite frequently throughout the province is, and I don't want this to be negative in any way, but maybe how commercial real estate has been done traditionally in the lower mainland or the bigger city markets might be done in a different way in some of these secondary and tertiary markets. When we come in, we've got all the province data. We've got, you I mean, you know, systems in place, you know, relationships, communities, connections, all that stuff that the commercial real estate is typically done maybe on a little bit of a higher level than maybe what you'd find from some of the, maybe the residential brokers that have done it traditionally just because they're doing residential. It's not their fault. Right. They just don't have access to the same information, the same training, the same programs, the documentation. And what we're finding is as these larger uh, investment groups, REITs, all that stuff, like if you remember before we had... We had Alex on from Nicola Wealth. They're you know, a phenomenal company in our in our industry when they're acquiring assets and they're in like all the markets. Mm-hmm. They probably want things done a certain way. And they probably expect business to be done a certain way. And that may not be the way that some of the 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 local brokers had done it. Just again, not their fault. They just they just didn't know different. Right. right. So we come in maybe more with a with a with a Vancouver type mentality on and a hustle on how the, we do business down here. And it starts to unfold rapidly in these markets. Because at the end of the day, nobody wants bad representation when they sell something. No one wants bad representation when they buy it. They want the best-in-class information. And and some of, the, some of the companies before may not have had those things just because they don't do business the same way. So uh, all that stuff considered, we've been able to go into some of these smaller markets like a Central Island area or even like a Kamloops and been able to, to execute for clients really quickly and be able to turn stuff over really, really fast. Like we had mentioned there, Marianne, we had we had Kevin Wong on before from Westbuild, uh, talking all about, um, sorry, talking all about uh, the Brock Shopping Center that they acquired up there. We've been very fortunate to leasing there, and Marianne's group delivered almost seventeen thousand square feet of offers in under what what is it, Marianne, sixty days? Well, we got a little bit of a late start um, in March, uh, just due to some signage delays. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I would say forty-five days because yeah, we right. couldn't and, really and, start promoting. And we're talking it about then. like we're talking about national type tenants and stuff like that that are that's right uh, yeah. that have offers on this place. So, I mean, yeah. that's the attention these markets are now getting, and we find mm-hmm. too that when we're we're talking to larger, uh, you know, companies and large-scale investment companies across Canada, the conversation more and more is tell me more about. Camloops. Where is Camloops? What is Camloops? Because five years ago, those conversations never happened. There, it was kind of like Greater Vancouver. I heard this thing called Chilliwack. Where's that? There's an island near you guys. What's that all about? And now it's like you know they know Victoria, they know Kelowna inside out, and now they're like, tell me more about Camloops because right. they're seeing yeah. similar type threads, partic- you know, come together that we saw on Vancouver Island and Kelowna. You know, years ago, every market is different. You can't copy and paste it. But the metrics of the lack of inventory, the metrics of the lack of supply, 
demand coming into the market the the, the you know you could say the 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 lower mainland buyers for lack of a better word that are seeking higher yields that are going to these markets where you're you're not sacrificing vacancy really to get in these markets Kamloops along with Kelowna Vancouver Island down here there's geographical constraints on all of these markets that we're in hmm. land isn't abundant and then you throw the political challenges of developing in the province of BC period that slows that down. Downtown Kamloops has got cranes everywhere. Well, let me ask maybe a question to both of you. If you were, so it sounds like industrial at the 2 million or less, where would you, would you, is it, is it kind of like buy as close to the center as you can, Marianne, and work your way out from, from there? Or what's the best, what's the best area to be looking at? Yeah. So I've been actually talking to lots of, um, you know, clients that, uh, are looking for industrial, and I've suggested places that are in Kamloops but are about 15 minutes outside of the city center. And I get a lot of no's for that <laughs> type <laughs> of area. And it sounds awful, but when you live in Kamloops, everything is like a 10 minute, five to 10 minute drive. So to add like another Three 20 minutes, <laughs> minutes onto your drive they just they don't they're, they're not quite there yet um so everyone wants to be yes in in like sort of the city center and you can get you know there's a uh area called laval crescent area and they there is a bunch of industrial buildings there there's a node on the north shore for industrial they are trying to get a bunch of industrial land zoned just above the costco that's still going to be a couple years away but um, that would probably do very well because it is so close to town still. So yeah, so we do kind of see clients uh, wanting to kind of be as close to the city center as possible. And keep in mind too, the city center is restricted. Right. Right. There's not an abundance of land that she's talking about here. And if you remember before, we had Hugh Cartwright on before where we're talking all about, uh, you mean, a nationwide self-storage. And he mentioned, and I know some of the people in our office have also participated in stuff like that, one of their best, if not their best asset was the Kamloops asset, mm -hmm. right? And you know, this is a marketplace that you have to understand the size of it. You can't expect a market of 104,000 to operate like a market like of 1.2 million people. It's not going to operate that way. You have to be selective. But as Marianne said, you know, she's, she's earmarking the good areas that you got to get in. And when you go into these small towns, smaller towns, if you're a block off, that could be the difference between leasing your space and never leasing right, your space. Right. So you've got to really have a really, really good grasp on the asset class and the locations that you're going into. And that's why having boots on the ground in these markets is all the difference versus having a broker parachute in from a market like Kelowna or parachute in from a market like Vancouver, where they may not have the same local knowledge or local experience that they do. And as Marianne said, like she's been there for 20 years as a second home. She's always up there. And that's one reason why the opportunity existed. We wanted to give it to her to her first because she's always in Kamloops. She knows that market inside out. And that makes all the difference in the world when you're trying to invest in these markets. And I know before we talked about some of our favorite markets on the podcast, Kamloops, I think, is one of the best investment opportunities this province has right now. You've been saying that for a couple of years now. Yeah. And, it, and, and now, there's still a runway. And there's still there's still a runway. And what, what kind of slowed that runway down a little bit was when interest rates took off. People sure. just couldn't really, obviously, that slowed everything down. The opportunity hasn't changed. Like she's talking about people on performance that have $18 a foot on their lease lease rates. We talked about before about finding these legacy leases in markets where you're finding six, seven, eight dollar leases. Kamloops fits that bill. Right. 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 So it's just a matter of being selective, having a professional who's in the market, who knows the market that can find you those assets. You will do extremely well in that marketplace. Sign me up, uh, Corey and Marianne. Sign me up. So Mar Marianne, we talked a little bit about population growth. We talked about that stuff. I guess kind of as, as, a, as a final leg here to, to the interview, a lot of investors want to know about cap rates. And we talked about how the lease rates in a lot of these markets, there's not a big delta between them anymore. But if I'm an investor and I'm, say, investing in the lower mainland area and I'm seeing cap rates of threes and fours and four and a halfs, what type of cap rates can I expect if I want to come to Kamloops type of thing? Maybe let's do multifamily and then maybe just overall investment. Like what type of multifamily cap rates would I find in the Kamloops market right now, considering that the vacancy rate is so tight? Yeah, well, for the multifamily, we are still fairly low. So, you know, we're still at about a four and a four and a half cap rate, just because that asset class is in demand. I mean, everybody that 
you know, is want looking to get into investing, they tend to go that way because it's residential and it's easier for them to understand. I, I would say, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but that, you know, that type of asset class is typically, you know, a good, a good one because yeah, it's just, it's easier to understand for most, for most people. Uh, but, you know, if you want to buy a beautiful building with two wonderful tenants that want to sign up a 15 year term, you know, we're looking at a five and a half cap rate um, on those types of asset classes. I know one in particular, that's why I'm bringing it up. So, but <laughs> so from an investor standpoint, if you want. <laughs> from, from an investor standpoint, like we talk about lease rates, you're telling me I can go to a Kamloops market, which is extremely tight in a lot of asset classes, including industrial. Mm-hmm. I can get 16 to $18 a foot, call it 15 to be safe at a mm-hmm. five to a five and a half cap rate, or I can come down to the lower mainland and find something at like a three and a half at the same lease rates and spend double the money and not really give up much sacrifice on vacancy because the vacancy rate up there is just the same. It's a smaller market, exactly. but the vacancy yeah. rate is the same. So, and these, and these buildings I'm talking about are in the, you know, in the core of Kamloops. So, you know, yeah. walking distance to, you know, downtown or other major amenities, like these are in really triple A locations, um, you know, so, so yeah, so you're definitely getting a higher, higher cap rate here. And I know the lending rate is still fairly high. So, you know, maybe five and a half doesn't excite people, but um, sure does when demand. you tell me down here at three and a half. I'm, I'm, <laughs> excited. Excited. I'm excited for four and a half. And when you look at the multifamily asset class, right down here, Marianne brought up a thing like sub 3%. Right. And you can go up there and get something like a four and a half. And again, you're not sacrificing on the vacancy rate. You're not, you're not going into Edmonton where you're getting like an eight cap, but there's a 10% vacancy attached to it. Yeah. Right. You're going up there with almost a 0% vacancy rate and close to a four and a half, if not a four, seven, five cap rate on a land constrained market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I just like that comp too, because it was built in 2014 versus, you know, the Burnaby building in 1970. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to have a lot, lot more, um, you know, uh, life in, in that, in that asset class in, or that as particular asset in Kamloops. So I think we've been able to, to emphasize the opportunity that exists. And this is one reason why we wanted to bring Marianne back on to talk about it, because the overwhelming success we've had in a short period of time in Kamloops, the overwhelming demand that is surging. Like Mary, every time I call Mary, I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, putting, Deals. Put, yeah, putting more <laughs> people on more a buyer's deals. list, can't find inventory. <laughs> it, it's a marketplace up there that's hard. And when things come available that are, are good assets, you got to go that day. It's not kind of Hey, let me talk about it over the weekend. I'll call my uncle Sal, see what he thinks. No, it's like it's like you're putting pen to paper within 24 hours of that thing kind of coming out. If yeah, it's a good okay. asset and you want to get it. And I know Marianne, yeah. I mean, she's we've been talking back and forth a lot about some assets that are, are potentially coming to market. And I mean, she's got buyers list for them. And, and these things are going to move and they're going to move at top dollar and they're going to move mm-hmm. fast. So you got to be ready yes. for it. And you've got tremendous upside. Marianne, I know we don't want to keep you too long because I know you're you're really, really busy today. We appreciate the time to join us there. But we do have the six-pack of lighthearted questions we ask all of our guests. Can we twist your arm to stick around with us for just a few more minutes? No, sorry. I got to go. <laughs> all right. Marianne will now be working at... <laughs> the six-pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team. These are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. All right, Marianne, first question up. You unfortunately have done some bad stuff. You find yourself on death row, but you're given one last meal before it's all over. What meal are you having? I, well... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I think actually it would probably be like um, a charcuterie board with really good bread. Oh, oh we haven't had charcuterie. <laughs> we have board. not had charcuterie. Well, that's, that's, yeah. that's a good option. A charcuterie <laughs> board with some really good bread. Now, are you, are you having some good wine with the charcuterie board? Is this kind of like you're going out on top? Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course, absolutely. Of course, of course. <laughs> well, one, one book you would recommend, Marianne? Um... See what am I doing right now? I am listening to Grit. I don't know if I'd recommend it yet, but seems good so far. It's just about 
persevering and, um, you know, what it takes to be really successful and persevere through, you know, maybe some trying times, like me trying to get sellers to sell their buildings in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that, that's been pretty good. Um, other books have I read? I don't know. I have to give that some thought. But yeah. yeah. Well, that, I mean, that grid, grid sounds pretty good. I was going to say yeah, grid sounds is a, a pretty good one. It does sound like a good one. All right, Marianne, yeah. your favorite band or musician, favorite band or musician. Okay, I'm just going to go with Sublime this time. Oh, okay. Good summer tunes. <laughs> good summer tunes. Yeah, good yep. summer tunes. Last time, I don't know, I made a comment about Biggie Smalls and I don't know, it came out weird. So <laughs> I'll just stick Never with one Never Sublime <laughs> yeah. and Nickelback. Okay, we'll give you those two. Sublime, <laughs> Sublime and Nickelback. <laughs> okay, it's my favorite band's not yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you're at karaoke. It's one in the morning. You're walking up on stage. What song are you singing? Lime in the Coconut by... <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know which by. That's a good I one. Really, that's I only a good really one. know that chorus. <laughs> that's, we, we haven't had that one. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Sublime, Lime in the Coconut. Uh, Marianne, are you pack. in Kamloops? Or did you end up somewhere on a beach in the Caribbean? <laughs> <laughs> I wish... Actually, we are having beachy weather up here, so. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Next question up. Something that you've purchased for $1,500 or less that's had a positive impact on your life. Sorry. <laughs> Mar- go, uh, maybe, uh, maybe for the listeners who don't know, Marianne comes in with different Chanel purses all the time, so she might not actually spend $1,500 or less. So maybe we'll... I'm like, can my budget be five grand, please? Five, yeah, for sure. $5,000 or less. Something you've bought for $5,000 or less that's had a positive impact on your life. Uh, you know what? I'd have to say my dog, Bruce. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, we were just talking about dogs. <laughs> we were just talking about dogs before we did this. Yeah. He was nowhere near $5,000 or he wasn't even $1,500. But <laughs> he's something that he's just the best dog and I just love him a lot. So <laughs> I'm going to say my dog. There you go. That, that's a good one. We, yeah. we haven't had that one yet, but that's good. That's good. Fantastic. Okay, good, okay good. so last question for you, Marianne. Favorite restaurant in Kamloops? Okay, so I am going to go with a few because <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Stockpot Cafe because they have delicious breakfast. It's like kind of a greasy spoon in the industrial area, but oh, you're getting a good. huge breakfast yeah. for like $12 and the server was so sweet. She always remembered I wanted warm water instead of cold water. So th- there's a really good place in Kamloops. And then, you know, I haven't quite discovered an Italian restaurant yet in Kamloops. So you'll have to have me back on and I'll tell you the best uh, Italian place to go in Kamloops. What, Boston pizza doesn't tick that box for you? <laughs> I, I love Boston pizza. Smoked, smoky Mountain meatballs, like it's the best. <laughs> And without, and hopefully nobody judges me on this, but my mom and I, we really love to go to Sea Lovers once in a while. So I'm going to also say Sea Lovers. Fish and chips. <laughs> yes. Good old. Well, I, I, one of them, I will say, but when during the construction phase, I was in Kamloops and I met Marianne up there. We we're doing the build out there. And me and you and Matt went for, Matt, this is Matt from our company. Right. But you were welcome to come if you wanted yeah, to. I, also, uh, can you, I join you, in yeah, the story? Yeah, you, you can come too. Where did we, we went to, was it called Underbelly? We went for lunch? Oh yeah, that's right across the street. Which is great. Us. We It, it was yeah. like amazing, like Napoleon style pizza. It was just, it, the food was awesome. Awesome, mm-hmm. awesome, awesome. So Yeah, it was really good. So that's Marianne, great. for all of our listeners there, how can they find, how can they get a hold of you to find out more about what you're doing in the William Wright commercial Kamloops office? Yeah, I'd love to talk to anyone who is interested in learning more about the Kamloops market. Uh, You can go on our website and my contact information is there with my email and phone number. Great. Fantastic. That's williamwright.ca. Well, fantastic. Thanks so much for your time. That was great. Okay, no problem. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Marianne. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. There you have it, folks. Our interview today with Marianne Dakotas of William Wright Commercial Kamloops. That was really exciting. You know, I'm always thinking about new markets and you've talked yeah. about Kamloops before, but drilling down, there's there's clearly an opportunity there. The first thing I'm doing after this, I'm going downstairs. I'm finding Adam to see if his checkbook's available and I'm going to go buy something with his money. 
because he owns <laughs> he owns a house in Kelowna that's probably worth about probably just a hair over a hundred million now. That we should be spending his money in the Camelops market. He saw the writing him. on the wall he a couple the, years back. He in saw the opportunity. We want to open a door to Camelops for him now. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, great conversation. Uh, what else do we have before we go, Corey? We have uh, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com, of course. You know, we've been talking on the uh, on the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast a lot about this new site. The one thing I want to just note is, of course, all the commercial podcasts are on there, but you can actually there's ways in which you can click on just commercial yeah. or just investing or whatever topic and you can search by topic. So if you're wondering, do I need to go back and listen to the second or third episode yeah. to try and find what I'm looking for? Find it on the site yeah. and then you can go back and, and and listen to past episodes. It's a really useful function. I didn't even think of it. That was a web developer that did that. Speaking of great episodes, I just listened to your guys' recent episode there. You guys had where you had Streetside on. Oh, right. And, you mean, amazing episode. Again, we had them on on here yes. a long time ago. Great conversation. One thing I was really, I I, I probably, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be developing anytime soon, I don't think, so I can probably say this freely. The housing minister and the lack of experience in a housing issue, in a, in a housing crisis province I think just pretty much spells out the problem right there. <laughs> it was, and, you know, it was, we, we brought that up. Yeah. Adam and I, for those who hadn't heard the the podcast, we went to a, a talk with the housing minister, Ravi Kalin, yeah. uh, Callan Kalin, I'm yeah. not sure, but I'm sure he's a great guy. He is. And he's clearly a bright guy. He's, he's clearly, clearly a bright guy. Apparently guy. I just was talking to somebody else. They said, Oh yeah, he's angling for, you know, to take over after David Eby. Yeah. Oh, David Eby. My sense is that guy's in for the long haul. Yeah, so nowhere. I think I think you know over the past couple of weeks we've been we've been solving problems for everybody. We solved the gaps problem, right? People giving away stuff at the gap for free. Yeah, we're solving the uh, the rental crisis. You got to remove these, and so as we're continuing to solve the world's problems here, hearing that the housing minister just started thinking about the housing problem <laughs> three years ago, I think I think I'm just going to throw this out there. This could be a long shot here, but if I'm the province or I'm any province or I'm a country. I'm going to go to the people who've been in the industry for 40, 50, 60, 70 years. And I'm going to say, guys, tell me what the problem is because I'm, I'm a novice, yet I'm making decisions that are going to affect everyone's lives. Tell me what the problems are. Tell me how I can work with you to fix the problems. But instead, what happens a lot of times is you get people in positions of political power that maybe don't have experience in that industry. And instead of going to the industry and trying to maybe work with them to hear how they can solve the problem, they try to almost muscle decisions through, which may or may not. Do. And I think a great example is, you mean the development community for decades says it's not foreign buyers. It is supply and demand issues. And we can't take four years to deliver a product. Now, David Eby's come out and said, Hey, we realize, you know, in all these taxes, maybe, maybe they might be the problem here and everyone buying. I mean, maybe people from China aren't buying everything we have here. Maybe it is a supply and demand issue. It's been the same problem for 20 years. If exactly. someone would have just said something to a developer 20 years ago, how can we solve our housing problem? He would say, hey, I can't, I can't sit on land for four years and I, I can't have all these political challenges. We need to open up laneways here to make this happen and deliver product before it's a problem. It is it is unbelievable that, uh, and we've been doing the podcast long enough where people in the industry have been saying the same thing. Everyone since says the we same thing. since we began and before that, and we have literally tried every other option other than I'm pretty, supply, and now everybody's come to supply. And it yeah. just just to be clear on the 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 housing minister, he just took on the file. Like yeah, five months ago, and he made he had a story that we told on on the yeah. podcast where he he's basically stopped. yeah he stopped at well, the Nanaimo station and well, realized and his friend pointed out there should be towers here and he said I'd never I'd never thought of that why yeah. is there a well, CF single family home if that's there? not Exhibit A it's just it's just like anything right like 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 if if I'm gonna build if I'm gonna go expand McDonald's in the province of BC and I hire the guy that helped grow Burger King from zero to 400 restaurants in BC. And I don't know if there's 400 Burger Kings, I'm making that up. But if, if, I, if there's 400 Burger Kings, I go hire that guy. That's a guy with experience. That's a guy for the job. If I want to open up 50 McDonald's and they hire me and you to show up in a couple of clown suits, we're all in trouble, <laughs> right? And that just seems to be a problem. Like I'm, I'm saying this freely because I don't develop and it's amazing how many developers won't say this. And I, I don't blame them. I wouldn't say it either. 
But it's just like, you know, we got to, we got to go to our resources. Could you imagine if me and you became the ministry of transportation Yeah, exactly. and we had the floods and all the problems we had on the Coquihalla, those Coquihalla roads would still not be built today. Like, well, no, I, don't I know, know what I'm doing. And my story would be, well, I was driving over the Coquihalla yeah. and the smart friend pointed out. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's what I mean. Like, this is just where I think in any government or any political position in any industry, you've got to go to the private sector and say, Hey, you guys have done this for 50 years. What's. Here now clearly isn't working. We are a roadblock of some sort. How can we do our job better? Tell us what you need from us and let's work cohesively together versus you sometimes get political powers where it's like, well, you should be very thankful you're building in our city. So we will get to your application next year, three Thursdays from now in 2025. And you just... You know, affordability issues are right there. You can't hold the land for four years. Exactly, right. exactly. And and as a final thought, he did cite a, a study out of Ontario. I'm not sure who who came up with this study, where apparently the two percent cap on rental increases oh has God. no bearing has no bearing on nothing at all on on, nothing on at all. supply. Yeah, Did you think well, well that, that defies well, any well, logic. Again, again, this is a whole other episode here, and I I am definitely not a mathematician by <laughs> any stretch of the imagination here. So I'm just going to throw some numbers out here, and we'll see how they add up here. So if I run a business, and my business top line revenues in this case it's rental goes up by two percent in a year. Now, granted, you know, when some units turn over, maybe it's not two, maybe it's like four. Right. Right was up 4% a year, but then I go to my expenses over here where I got my garbage recycling, property taxes, insurances, and, and those costs go up like 12%. Right. Right. I'm just going to pencil this here. 12 minus four. I'm still negative eight. So if I'm negative 8% on my investment here, year over year over year, and then I'm getting nailed on the backside by interest rates, I, man, if there's not a better opportunity to go build a rental product, I don't know what is. Like, but, but. Yeah, exactly. Just, exactly. Just, like, I was going to say, Corey, all you have to do is read the report out of Ontario yeah, and, like, and, and then like, go to sleep at like, night like, and uh, feel good about Why it. aren't people building more rental product? I have no idea. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I'm totally going to get audited after this. <laughs> <laughs> How can people find out what uh, more about what you're doing, Corey, over at William Wright? Uh, they can reach out to us anytime. Uh, you can visit our website, williamwright.ca. Sign up for the latest and greatest news. You can call our Vancouver office, 604 or 285255. Let us know what you're looking for. Maybe it's Kamloops. We'll put you in touch with Marianne. Or you can send me an email, Corey at WilliamWright.ca. Always love to talk real estate and apparently politics. <laughs> and anything else there, if you want to solve the world's problems, just give us an email. We'll do our best. <laughs> Sounds good. Enjoy your week and uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Subscribe today.